0: Hey, SoundCloud listeners, this is Ed Van Ness. And I'm John Shannon. You found an encore presentation of the Taxi Stand Hour. You can catch us live every Saturday at 10 a.m. by going
1: to RadioTFI.com. Enjoy the show. Adios. See ya. You found the Taxi Stand Hour. On Radio TFI.
3: Don't think about changing a behavior so you won't get it. Think about changing a behavior so you don't give it to somebody
1: else. Uh is that Professor Medley and Gerald
0: talking down
1: into a uh, canyon or something there?
0: I uh, I don't know what you're referring to, sir, but good morning.
1: Oh, okay. Well, we'll see what happens here. Good morning everybody. Hi. How you doing? Uh, you are indeed listening to the Taxi Stand Hour, the Mothership Edition here on Radio TFI and and on The Scope. The scope. And the other various places you can listen to us here. It is Saturday, June 20th of 2020 in the year of our Lord. And from the... Northern Command Studio in Egan, Minnesota. I'm John Shannon and out there in Queens, New York in the Radio TFI Executive Tower it
0: is Mr. Ed Van Ness. Good morning, sir. Good morning, kids and kittens. We trust you've had a wonderful, wonderful week. Here we are on the first day of summer. It's the longest day of the year. Some will say that This two hours every week makes it the longest day of the year. But I digress. We trust that you've, again, you've had a wonderful week. You're sitting home. You're relaxing. You've just finished off a beautiful breakfast of bacon, eggs, or whatever it is you enjoy. And you're about to sit back, relax, and let the dulcet tones of Laurel and Hardy guide you through your weekend. Good (laughs) morning, campers.
1: I'll, uh, Oliver Hardy saying, keep me out of this. <laughs> keep me out of this. I've been resting in peace for quite a number of years now. Don't be digging me up for this. But it is the first day of summer. It is, yeah. It is. Our, uh, we got cloudy skies here and maybe expecting uh, expecting some thunder boomers a little bit.
0: It so. is. It is going to be hot and muggy here today, so they tell me. Ooh. That's yep. just got to be like ick. In
1: a big city, in in a big city like New York City, that's just got to be You know, it is. Hot,
0: sticky. It's it just, is. Ugh. Especially when you've got all this asphalt, all this concrete. Mm-hmm. And I, and again, you know, I moved out of here when I was in my mid twenties. Uh, of course I was here last summer but I have vivid memories of being a kid and just you're just dying out there and I didn't really understand what humidity was I really didn't understand what humidity was until I moved to South Florida but uh, believe you and me there's a walk in the park now uh, but yeah it's you look for the shade You you when you're walking mm-hmm. along you just try to walk on the side you know the upside about tall buildings is that when they cast shade, Bubba, they cast some shade. Yeah, I was going
1: to say, that's that's one nice thing.
0: Right, but you got to be in the right spot for it. And uh, the, the thing that sticks with me most is waiting for, I can distinctly remember waiting for the subway. I was in the subway waiting for a train one day. I remember it was a Saturday morning. I was going to work. It had rained the night before. It's seven o'clock in the morning. It's already eighty some odd degrees, humid, and you're waiting the underground at this platform, and there's standing water, and it's stagnant. You got Ugh. the heat, the humidity. Ah, oh, you just want to, you just want to throw yourself in front of the train. It was, uh... and then you get on the train, and the air conditioner's not working. Oh. I Although, was going to say I've been on a few like that, and it's also packed. Well, yeah, but I will say this, though. There were those mornings where it's right up, as I described, the train pulls up, and because it's Saturday, the train's not full, and you step in, and it's... And you feel the AC going. And it's just like, okay. It was worth standing out there to experience the relief of getting into the air-conditioned train.
1: Are the trains out there, are they starting to fill up again? I have no earthly idea. You don't... uh... You never, um, never check them out, huh? What What am I gonna do? I've been on lockdown, haven't you heard? Oh no, I know you have, but I mean, you've been outside. How far are you away from a?
0: Oh, I don't, I don't get near the subway. The subway station is a good two two long blocks from here, and uh, okay, I, and look, I'm sure there's people on the trains right now, especially the line. Uh, that I live by it's the, the number seven line it's the line that runs out to uh, um, not Shea Stadium but uh City Field where the Mets play okay and it's it runs from Midtown Manhattan out to out to the stadium so it's always been a you know it's it's a very busy line anyway just people coming and going to work every day uh it's a great if you got to get to Queens that's you're probably at some point going to be on the number seven train and it's uh when you get to the outer boroughs, for the most part, all the trains are elevated, uh, so you've got to walk up the equipment. It's probably oh. it's probably like a four story building. <laughs> oh <rigid>. no! <laughs> oh yeah! Oh yeah! It's uh, you know, you think long and hard. Do I really want to take the train for two stops? Is it worth that walk up? <laughs> I yeah. can be I can be halfway there by the time. <laughs> Not that I think they can ever get
1: away with it or do it, but has there ever been push to make more of those train platforms
0: a little bit more ADA compliant? Uh, There are, yes, many over the years, every new station that they built. And uh, Uh there are many that have elevators, you know, some of the main stops. You know, but there's only so much you can do. Well, right, I was going to say, you. Remember, the ADA regulations, uh, they're certainly new construction. Mm -hmm. And and just drifting off here for a moment, I won't do the bat turn. The ADA is a wonderful thing. Mm -hmm. The Americans with Disabilities Act, it's a wonderful thing. It helps provide access in in places where heretofore folks didn't have any kind of access. They have the same access you and I have, and and that's a wonderful thing. We need it. It and it's it's good. It's great, and I like it. The downside is you have some zealous advocates who will who will roll up to a shop, and I say I I mean that. I'm not joking when I say roll up. And they will see some little, let's say, some little antique shop that has two steps down. Guy's been there for 40 years. You know, there's not a lot of space to begin with. They will file a complaint. And now have this guy will have to spend money for the access and then make sure his bathroom is ADA compliant. Oh, geez. My apartment is not ADA compliant. It's on the ground floor, but you'd be hard-pressed to get somebody in a wheelchair in here. Uh, well, don't you have? Uh, I mean, is your like your ground
1: floor? But don't you have some steps to get up to your door or anything I'm, like I'm, that?
0: I'm, I'm I'm talking about the width of the door to the apartment. Oh, sure, okay. Yeah, no, that's what I'm talking about. I d- I doubt seriously that that's 36 inches. I haven't. So anybody a...
1: bigger than a 52 waist probably couldn't get in there either.
0: Mm, huh? Well, you can manav- maneuver the, your way in. But the, the point that what I'm getting at is there are some zealots out there who, uh, just because they can, because it's so difficult to fight ADA, I'm not, I'm not advocating for that. But you've got to accept the fact that, look, if, if Joe's Antiques closes up and moves out, yes, the next guy, whoever takes that shop over, should have to accommodate. This guy's been that there for fifty years, and you know, to to have him spend a hundred thousand dollars. And mind you, I, I understand it needs to be ready if somebody shows up. But you know, and again, they do it just to file these lawsuits, and or you know, they send the inspectors out, and you can't. It's hard to fight ADA violations, which is why, which is why people abuse that service dog thing, that service animal thing. Because companies well, are petrified to say, Well, that doesn't seem like you know, you're a lying piece of crap. On the off chance though literally one in a one in a billion is actually correct.
1: Well then and then there's the other part of that is is if it's a business or something like that, you know, is this person actually gonna patronize this business or did they just go by there just to cause some
0: no, they go by you just know, to be cost. Be a muckraker. Yeah, no, that's that's what I'm talking about. I mean, there are some people that I, I should say there's some been some instances where, uh, and, and uh, this is a hypothetical, but you, it'll get the point across. Okay. You move into a neighborhood and you find that there's a donut shop that you like, and you'd really like to go in there, but the door is just a little. There's some minor accommodation that would need to be made now in that case okay the owner's gonna go well i got this guy and or i got this person and what you know so maybe they get off their duff and they make that door a little bit wider they install that ramp and you know and all that uh every situation is different especially with pre-existing remember we're not talking about new here new you gotta follow ada period end of story check please But with businesses that were existing and structures that were existing, it gets to be expensive. And again, I'm not saying people should be denied access. They should not be. They should have equal access. That being said, you know, is it worth it for a small business owner to have to spend 200 grand to renovate? So that is bathroom, which may may never get used by someone in a wheelchair or, or with another disability. Uh, is compliant? It should be compliant. I'm I'm not questioning that. Uh, and and that's where it gets sticky. And again, you've got these zealots out there, who sue just for the sake of suing, and they never step foot in the door, never step foot inside. They they might pull up, just say, oh look at that. Bob's Donut Shop. Uh, the door is. They might actually go up to the door and measure it. Oh, it's only thirty-five inches wide. So anyway, happy Saturday to everybody. Happy yeah. summer. Yeah. Glad we got off did. on a.
1: <laughs> well, I, I don't know what happy notes we can get off on. Well, I do know of one, by the way, and I just want to. I just want to do a nice. Uh, Nice plug for our our dear friend, uh, Shaletta. Yes. Who is going pal. to gonna be doing a show, having her own show on uh, WCCO Radio in Minneapolis or uh, radio.com, if you will, on that app. And I think I think it's wonderful that they're starting to do her right there. And, uh, of course, it isn't. She pushes She, uh, she is absolutely right here as far as how white bread some of these news radio stations are Mm -hmm. and they've, they've gotten a little bit better, but, uh, you know, so anyway, Shaletta is, Shaletta is going to have a show on WCCO radio, uh, seven to nine, uh, central time. I guess that would be eight to 10, uh, over there, and the, I guess the only time zone that matters if Thank you ask you. Ed. Thank you for realizing that. <laughs> but it's it's called courageous conversations, and so um,
0: I think it's going to be very interesting if she continues with that once she hits the road and the people she's going to encounter. If you're not aware, uh, yes. if you're not aware, Shaletta, uh, uh was given a job, if you will last week the video we i think we have the video on our website if not we will by the end of the day uh the fella who does the show the prophet on cnbc also uh is the ceo of camping world long story short we won't get into the whole thing but uh has given Shaletta and her family an rv for use for three years and a stipend and basically a job to go out there and do whatever it is she's going to do and uh, we are look we were fortunate enough to have her on our show, it was June third, I believe, and that is definitely on on radioTFI.com. She was wonderful. I I I am so smitten with this woman. We had such a wonderful conversation that we were discussing, uh, you know, everything that's going on in the news, especially with the the Black Lives and and, and you know, and John and I were bemoaning the fact that you know, hey, look, we're we don't we we're doing what we can you know but i don't know how you feel you know because we're we're old fat white guys and what was it she said she said you know the fact that you're doing this this is she i i can't i don't i gotta get the exact quote but she made me feel so much better about it about you know
1: everybody does their little part everybody yes. if everybody picked up and did their little part took, you know, everybody out of, you know, this, you know, we're so busy right now, you know, sitting in our houses with, <laughs> you know, it's a lot of us still not going to work and what have you, you know, listen, right here. listen. <laughs> you know, Ed and I, if, if Ed and I, a couple old, you know, old fat white guys, as he likes to put it, and I put it that way too. Well, look you at know, us. We got our little uh, our little corner of the internet here. That's right. They, you know, neither one of us are exactly wizards when it comes to technology.
0: Well. No. Oh, come on. Oh, come on. Look at
1: how long. We've been doing this for three years now.
0: Three and a half years.
1: Jesus. I've been putting up with you that long.
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Almost oh, on a gosh. weekly basis.
1: Yeah. And we've figured it out. We you should have seen what this was. Oh, uh, this when we first started doing this. You know, we oh, started Lord. out at Blog Talk Radio. Oh, yeah. for, say, over basically a phone line.
0: That well, that's how I came across because, uh, and, and again to rehash our our humble beginnings. This started out. I happened to stumble across young Mister Shannon on on the Twitter, and uh, I called into his show. I guess it was about five weeks in a row. Yeah. And uh, he sa- he finally said to me, look, if you're going to be on this damn much, you might as well co-host the show with me. And, exactly. But basically, it, it, John sounded fine, but I was on the phone line. And it was just, you know, it, it was one of those shows. And eventually we, you know, we got to where we are today. And, and we're dangerously close to knowing what we're doing. We're not quite there, but we're dangerously <laughs> close. If if you could see the setup I have in front of me right now with everything I have open to to run the show and don't get me wrong I like it I'm enjoying it I have I've got uh, sound boards I've got I uh, I've got mixers I've got video audio you name it and uh, some of the technological hoops I got to jump through today uh, to get things done so that our scope people can see it and uh But anyway, yeah. So, yeah, us, John, John, like you were saying, us and our little piece of the, uh, do what you can, do what you can, yeah, and lend your voice. And with that, speaking of lending a voice, it's a perfect segue. Uh, I stumbled across this bit of audio, uh, video, uh, the other day, on the on the Twitter, on the interweb, and I, I I just don't see anything more appropriate right now. This is Muhammad Ali from back in the day when they wouldn't let them oh, fight. Nice. And and just listen to this. And if it doesn't make you think, then I, you know, I don't know what to say.
3: My conscience won't let me go shoot my brother or uh, some darker people or uh, some poor, hungry people in the mud for big, powerful America and shoot them for what? They never called me nigger. They never lynched me. They didn't put no dogs on me. They didn't rob me of my nationality. Rape and kill my mother and father. well I'm gonna shoot them for? What? How am I gonna shoot them? Them little poor little black people, little babies and children, women. How can I shoot them poor people? I'll just take me to jail. Ali more than held his own against students who had a far better formal education than he. I'm saying you talking about me about some draft and all of you white boys are breaking your
1: neck to get to Switzerland and Canada and London. I'm not going to help nobody get something my Negroes don't have. If I'm going to die, I'll die now right here fighting you. If
3: I'm going to die, you my enemy. My enemy is the white people, not Viet Cons or Chinese or Japanese. You my opposer when I want freedom. You my opposing when I want justice.
2: You my opposing when I want equality. You won't even stand up for me in America for my religious beliefs, and
3: you want me to go somewhere and fight, but you won't even stand up for me here at home.
0: Those are powerful words.
1: Yes, yes, indeed. I think they, at least this should be played a, uh, a little bit more often that'll get you the picture in a hurry
0: i mean that really and this is from uh 50 some odd years ago that was probably about 64 or so when uh he had just just converted to muslim and changed his name from cassius clay to muhammad ali and he didn't also didn't he got drafted and he didn't want to go and and i think his reasoning is sound if,
1: very sound
0: it's very sound George Carlin had a great bit about him about that uh summing it up it was like well well if you uh, what was it uh well we're not gonna let you we're not gonna let you beat people up if you won't go and kill them we'll let you kill them but we won't let you beat them up <laughs> leave it to George Carlin yeah so anyway that so, where does that leave you know, us today, John? Th- there are, I tell you something, there are very few
1: people other than family and old friends that have passed from this world that I can honestly look back and say, you know, I really miss that person being around. But Muhammad Ali was definitely one of those. You know, every, every once in a while when I'm just sitting sitting on the old, uh, uh, sitting out there in the cab, and uh, I want to I want to watch some old Muhammad Ali videos, not from when he's fighting, but from just when he's doing interviews. The interviews with Howard Cosell were oh my goodness,
0: you know? oh my goodness, those two were like a comedy act.
1: Yes, yes, they, they
0: they had no business getting along, none whatsoever. An old Jewish man and and oh. a, and a Muslim black man, they had no business getting along, and yet.
1: And if they, they can do it, why the hell can't everybody else? That, huh? Well,
0: there you go. <laughs> and again, it's part of the beauty of Muhammad Ali. Uh, I honestly can't argue with his politics because his politics were just all about, hey, I I want to do my thing. You do your thing, I'll do my thing. Stop trying to hurt me for doing my thing. I'm not out here to hurt people. Anyway. Actually, So... Uh, What are we talking about today? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, by the way, did you see where uh, Attorney uh, and and Trump Bouncer Attorney General and Trump Bouncer Bill Barr tried to fire the uh, Southern District of New York top guy? His name is Berman.
1: Well, the uh, what uh, district attorney there? Yeah, Uh, for the Southern
0: District of New York, the guy, the top guy in charge. And uh, Berman said, "No, you can't do that. You can't. I'm not resigning, and you can't fire me. Congress has to do it." He says, "Start the process." Uh, so clearly, look, it's most likely Barr is coming in, and because uh, look, there, when Trump is gone, once he leaves office, the Southern District of New York has a stack of paperwork on him. They're abiding by this. You can't indict a sitting president. Thing. Okay. They're abiding by that, which is not really law, but it's just something in a memo. But that's neither here nor there. It's for not now.
1: worth going for the going through the fight in the process. Not right now. I got a few months to go right.
2: before
0: he's uh, out of here. So that that's just, they're just biding their time. The Southern District of New York. And by the way, uh, Trump can't pardon anybody. He can only pardon federal uh, people. So he can't just willy nilly uh let's see what else do we have Oh we've got some audio today. We've got some audio and I and, was hoping you'd
1: have some audio today because I'm just kind of sitting here with my hands in my pocket
0: and uh well let's let let's talk about first off tonight's the big the big to do in Tulsa so get ready, everybody in that part of the country to uh to get get your own personal version of uh of covid and uh uh because it's going to spread it's going to spread like wildfire 19,000 knuckleheads oh so he's um talking you know already throwing down
1: the gauntlet about you disruptors and you yeah thugs and you this and that don't you dare come in here I'd rather, if all those quote-unquote disruptors were going to do anything here, I'd want them to do this. Find a giant roll of shrink wrap <laughs> and just run yourself all around the building, all around the building. Shrink wrap that sub, but seal those people in. Let them wallow in their own coronavirus
0: Nineteen thousand, th- uh, and then
1: quarantine them for 14 days. See how many of them
0: survive it. 19,000 people, 13 teeth. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that many? Here's Trump talking to a reporter back on the 17th a couple days ago about the upcoming Tulsa.
4: Coronavirus cases are rising in 22 states, including Oklahoma, where you plan to hold a big rally this week. Aren't you worried about people getting sick?
3: No, because if you look, the numbers are very minuscule compared to what it was. It's dying out. By the way, we're doing very well in vaccines and therapeutics also. I think there's going to be some big announcements on that in the not-too-distant future. But, no, uh, we're not concerned. Actually, Oklahoma has had a very low rate, relatively speaking. It is a little spike, a small spike, for a specific reason. But, uh, no, we, we had over a million people apply. They have people now, days ahead, lined up. They have big lines of uh, people. Over a million people tried to get tickets to the event. No, we'll go there. Everyone is going to be safe. They have to be safe. They want to be safe. Uh, We're doing temperature checks. We're doing a lot of different things. I think we're giving out face masks. We're doing a lot of things. But Oklahoma, one of the reasons we chose it is they've been very low in terms of, and they've done a really fantastic job. The governor has done a fantastic job.
0: First of all, just about everything he said there is a flat out lie or fabrication. Flat out lie. Uh, just because
1: they give them out masks,
0: doesn't mean they're going to use oh, them. Oh, oh, oh! We're going to get there. Hold, hold on a second. Hold on to. We're, we're going to get to the the mask. Use it or not. Now, from I think this was the same day or or the day before. Now, I I will give give a hundred gazillion dollars in cash to anybody who can figure out what it is Captain Coppertone is saying here.
3: Again, our Testing is so far advanced. It's so much bigger and better than any other country that we're going to have more cases. We're always going to have more cases. And as I said this morning, that's probably the downside of having good testing is you find a lot of cases that other countries who don't even test don't have. If you don't test, you don't have any cases. If we stop testing right now, we'd have very few cases, if any, but we do. We're at a level that Mike is going to talk about that's so high. but. Uh, We will show more, more cases when other countries have far more cases than we do. They just don't talk about it. But the testing, on the other hand, is very good because we find out where it's going, how it's going, who it's going to, and we take care of it.
0: What the hell is he talking about? That's a very good question. If we don't test, well, it's true. If you don't test, you don't know. We would have much fewer. But that doesn't
1: mean they're they're not cases just because Shh. they don't they don't test.
0: Don't wake up Grandpa Don. Don't confuse him with the facts. That's that's what I think that sums up his administration. Don't if we stop testing, we won't have as many cases. At one point, and I couldn't find that audio, a clean version of it. He says, Well, we've done 14 million tests, but but Germany and South Korea have only done three million they're smaller countries knucklehead exactly so now let's talk about i have got i've got not not one not two not three enough f- but four four big uh clips here from uh, press secretary barbie it's all it's all from the same interchange with uh, jim acosta of cnn but let's start off with with the, i believe this is the mask issue uh is it we'll find out
5: will any white house officials be at the rally tomorrow?
4: Um, There will be several White House officials at the rally. Will
5: those officials, or will you be there, uh, for example?
4: I will be there. Uh,
5: Will you and other White House officials be wearing masks at the rally? It's a
4: personal choice. I won't be wearing a mask. Um, I can't speak for my colleagues.
5: And why won't you wear a mask? Is it sort of a personal political statement? Is it because the president would be disappointed in you if you don't wear a mask?
4: it's a personal it's a personal decision i'm tested regularly i feel that it's safe for me not to be wearing a mask and i'm in compliance with cdc guidelines which are recommended but not required
0: now that may be true but just because you don't have it now doesn't mean you can't get it tomorrow or give it to somebody else tomorrow or or give it to somebody else tomorrow you know you may pick it up and pass it along so let's we're going to go through this uh this parade here I don't know if you if any of you folks noticed it saw this you got to go back I guess it's about a year now there's this wonderful video out a couple of couple of toddlers a little white boy and a little black boy are walking along the street and they hadn't seen each other in a while and they run up to each other and they meet and they hug and they're just you know they're just being a couple of two-year-olds you know It doesn't matter that one's black, one's white. They're just, you know, they're just happy. Happy to see each other. The video went viral. It was fantastic. And then it shows them coming together, and then one chases the other because they're two-year-old boys, you know. Well, the Trump campaign recut that ad. It starts off with, uh, with a fake CNN graphic because the white boy is chasing the black boy and it makes it seem ominous something bad is happening again it's got a fake CNN banner there let's go to uh, press secretary Barbie
5: And if I can ask you about uh, last night the president uh, tweeted out some fake videos uh, one of which was labeled uh, manipulated media uh, by Twitter uh, why is the president sharing fake videos on Twitter about two toddlers Uh, who are obviously showing a lot of love for one another. It, It seems as though he's exploiting children to make some sort of crass political point. Uh, no. Why is he sharing fake videos?
4: He was making a point uh, about CNN specifically. He was making a point uh, that CNN has regularly taken him out of context, um, that in 2019, CNN misleadingly aired a clip from one viewpoint repeatedly to falsely accuse the Covington boys of being, quote, students in MAGA gear, harassing a Native American elder. Um, that's a harassing video, a misleading video about children that had really grave consequences for their future. So,
5: to So you're saying it's okay to exploit two toddlers hugging one another on a sidewalk to make some sort of political point. Uh, I mean, as you know, the President has described uh, members of the press as fake news uh, during the course of this administration. When you share fake videos like that, doesn't that make you fake news?
4: I think the president was making a satirical point that was quite funny if you go and actually watch the video. Um, I think he was making a he was making a satire. The the point is, uh, it was a play on CNN repeatedly taking the president out of context, like the time.
0: No, no, it wasn't. I watched the video. I did not laugh. I did not think it was uh, satirical. I don't think Trump could knows what satirical means. Uh, This was. I mean, don't get me wrong. Morning, when he looks in the mirror. Well, there's that. But look, I I think Press Secretary Barbie is. I think she's aces at what she does. I used to. I used to think Kellyanne was one of the greatest deflectors in the world. This this woman is just fantastic at it, and she has no. Just like Kellyanne, she's got no compunction about making up facts as she goes along, but she does it in a smooth way. I almost want to believe what she says. I I am this close to believing what she says, except for the fact that I know she's lying through her teeth. You know who teeth. she works for. I do know who she works for, as a matter of fact. Well, let's continue on here. Oh, by the way, the thing with the uh, students and the Native American elder that happened in D.C., what, year, year and a half, two years ago? By the way, that's been a while. Uh, the description, she says, students in MAGA gear uh, going, uh, saying, insulting a tribal elder she said that's false actually that's the most accurate description you can have that's exactly what was going on they were wearing MAGA stuff their students and they were insulting this this man so let's move on we're still basically in the same vein here with uh with the uh, press secretary barb and when
4: you guys had a, a Chiron that read trump slams some illegal immigrants their animals well, guess what? The people we called animals were MS-13 illegal immigrants who regularly mutilate people in this well, country. Those things are con- entirely misleading. Not pointing out the president Not, has
5: referred to some Mexican immigrants as rapists. He has tried to pass a Muslim ban in this country. He has described uh, uh, black NFL players as sons of bitches if they take a knee
4: during a football game. Of, uh, that's an absurd uh, attempt to justify the misleading headlines that are regularly on your network.
0: An absurd attempt. She doesn't deny it. It's all true. Let's remember, what did he say when he came down the escalator? They're rapists. They're drug addicts. They're murderers. Those the were first words out of his mouth. When he, uh, when he announced. It's just simply. You know, look, at at some point, these people are going to have to live with these comments. I honestly think they all believe it's 1860 and all anybody has is a pencil on a piece of paper that this stuff is not being recorded. And again, they're very good at deflecting and and skating away from the puck. But and we'll we'll, yeah. we'll wrap it up with this one.
4: But in a Trump rally where we celebrate historic low African American unemployment, criminal justice reform, HBCUs, that rally is not allowed, allowed because guess up, what, Jim? It doesn't fit the ideological agenda play of play CNN. QAnon. Peter,
0: it doesn't fit CNN's, and I don't know if you can hear Jim Acosta in the background there, hey, but yeah, well, I'm speaking so m- more more to the listener than you, John. But in case you missed it, he says, well, what about the people screaming, lock her up? What about, you know, uh, and, and all that good stuff and all the, all the violence that happens at these events. I mean, all you got to do is look at any still photograph from these. These people are screaming. They are foaming at the mouth. Uh, you know, F Hillary, F this, F that uh given you know giving the middle finger to the press corps yelling at the press I, I mean I I hope nobody covers it let oam pick it up even Fox is getting tired of them yeah they are oh by the way let me uh let me get this here because this was my favorite story okay uh this was from the Hollywood reporter. <coughs> Excuse me. Tucker Carlson doesn't have an obligation to investigate the truth of statements before making them on his show, and his audience doesn't expect him to report facts. A lawyer for Fox News told a New York federal judge on Wednesday, uh, "He's the network is facing a slander lawsuit from Karen Mac- McDougall, the the Playboy model, uh, who made headlines over 150,000 payments she got from the Trumpster." Uh I'm I'm not going to go through the whole thing but basically that that was the headline and it, it's that's what the rest of the article goes on to uh to discuss that yeah basically uh that's their claim now oh you can't believe a word he says uh we 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 don't intend anything he says to be factual Yeah so, wasn't
1: that that show that he uh, did what I think I sent you the audio or sent you a video of it about a week ago right all the all this paranoia he was
0: uh, uh spreading me. well and, yeah he's he's been doing there's also another video that you and I discussed I think we discussed it off the air uh where it starts out Carlson is saying uh, well, Black Lives Matter is more popular than the present or something's yeah. more. Okay. Yeah. All you had to do was listen to that for another couple seconds to realize he was lumping everybody in there. He said the headline to get your attention, but then he goes through a whole list of everything on the planet that's less popular than that right now. So it it, it wasn't what you thought it was. It was a, a That's why I haven't played it. That's why we're not playing it here because it's just a big misdirection. That's all it is. Uh, Uh, I see. And uh, let's see. Well, you know what? It's good. At
1: this point in time, it's good that Black Lives Matter is more popular than either either Trump or Biden or or the Pope or how many other people did did he mention. That's a good thing. And the fact of the matter is, is I hope it stays that way. I honestly hope it stays this way. I just hope that this isn't something that after a month or two from now where the next big headline comes. I mean, look at how how the rioting and stuff like that or even the peaceful protests. I don't want to group the two. Look at how that stole all the thunder away from coronavirus and how coronavirus stole all the thunder away from the election before that and the primaries and what have you. Right. This, in our little mm. microwave news society, we cannot just bury uh, the Black Lives Matter movement. We, this needs to be front page, top of the fold uh, for the foreseeable and beyond future. We need to stay with this. We can't let, I mean, they got that, they got that monument. They got all that down there in Minneapolis, down there at 38th in Chicago.
0: I saw those pictures, by the way.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's some powerful stuff. And my pictures, I'm not a great photographer. No, you're not. My pictures, no, I really ain't, <laughs> seriously. Um, you know... <laughs> <laughs> what would That's make a, me? What I couldn't take a picture with a regular camera what makes yeah. me think a little phone here would make it no even better. For no, me.
0: I I couldn't resist. You put that meatball out there for me. I couldn't exist. Well, of course, resist. I, well, you know, no, I no. Actually, the pictures were very good. They they were very good. But it
1: was it was you know I tell you it was just something to see. You Just I felt <gasps> drawn to it when I went there. Mm-hmm. I didn't go there just to take pictures. I felt drawn to it. Right. And.
0: Well you can but, certainly you can certainly be moved.
1: Uh, go ahead. I'll, I'll Well, well you're right. That's exactly what it was. I actually had been dispatched a call uh that I was supposed to It was close by in the neighborhood. So, yeah, hell. if I'm a couple minutes late so be it. You know. <laughs> but I just couldn't stop walking around it and just mm. But we can't. That's why I want that to be permanent. I want them to take that intersection, block it off, block it off to traffic, let people go there to reflect. And if people feel uh, as long as, you know, you should see. Now, normally I'm not a big fan of uh, people painting things on the walls, but whatnot. But this is one place where I think that, hey, go there what you need to do if you need to write on the sidewalk if you need to paint something up it just needs to it just needs to be a place where you can go to
0: reflect well there's no question and and again I had a similar experience after the Oklahoma City bombing I've talked about this I, I drove out there a year after that occurred and they were just beginning Literally just beginning to build the memorial, okay. Uh, uh, but you could still see damage from the the newspaper building that was next to it, uh, the old courthouse. There, I mean, it was all torn down, uh, and there were fent- chain link fence up around the property. The parking garage was still there. You could still see bomb damage, and they had photos up. Of, you know, there were, people forget there was a preschool in there. A bunch of little kids died that day. And and I, I I cried. I cried. I just uh so yes, yes, just uh, that can abs absolutely move you. There's no question about it. Uh uh let's uh let's kind of sh- shift gears. Speaking of uh well we weren't speaking of apropos of nothing. Uh now we were off the air last week by the time uh oh well, by the way, our president so far, his administration has lost battles with, with a ramp, a uh, an umbrella, and on multiple occasions, a glass of water. Uh, if you again, last Saturday at West Point, which by the way was a tremendous waste, a tremendous waste of bringing people uh, from across the country, and a, a number of those cadets now second lieutenants wound up contracting the coronavirus. So, good job, Mr. President. Uh, take a listen to this.
2: Something's wrong with Donald Trump. He's shaky, weak, trouble speaking, trouble walking. So why aren't we talking about this? And why isn't the press covering Trump's secretive midnight run to Walter Reed Medical Center? Why do so many reporters who cover the White House pretend they can't see Trump's decline? The most powerful office in the world needs more than a week Unfit, shaky president. Trump doesn't have the strength to lead, nor the character to admit it. We're not doctors, but we're not blind. It's time we talk about this. Trump is not well.
0: And uh, that's from the Lincoln Project, by the way, that they've been putting out. That's a group of Republicans, by the way, or former Republicans. Rick Wilson, Steve Schmidt and the like, George Conway. Who uh, George
1: Conway, there, There's, do you follow him on Twitter? Oh, I do. I do. <laughs> He's so funny. I wonder what those dinner conversations
0: there between him and Kellyanne are. <laughs> it's interesting that you say that because last night, now again, angry, angry White House staffer, if you don't follow this person, you really should because they've got a lot of inside dirt and a lot of very good insights as to what's going on. And every Friday night he does a, an X me anything on Twitter for about 30 minutes. And somebody asked about that. And he or she uh, said, they think that Kellyanne may be uh, the big leaker there in the White House. Somebody's leaking information. And, she, and he said, I'm going to presume he just because cards and for letters. For the sake of a conversation. Yeah, right. So he, he says... He says, I got to imagine to keep peace at home. She's, you know, she wants to get this stuff out and she probably does it through through George. I don't know. I don't know if that's true or not. And that's just speculation. But, hey, you know, it could be. It could be a thing. You just don't know. Uh, speaking of coronavirus, and one of Ed's favorite topics, Come upmanship, comeuppance, uh... Oh, wait a minute, that's the wrong page. Uh, Arizona Sheriff, who refused to enforce the governor's stay-at-home order because he believed it was unconstitutional, tested positive for coronavirus this week. Are you positive? I'm positive. Uh,
1: Obviously, so was he.
0: Obviously, the governor's issued an order, and potentially if I don't follow through with that order, I could face a misdemeanor charge. He told Lamb, "This is when this all happened." But on the other hand, you have the supreme law of the land, which is the Constitution. So, in other words, uh, I don't have to listen to my boss, and I can put I can put other people at risk. And there's a whole story from there. That was from NBC. Uh, and by the way, let's see. Arizona has recorded forty-three thousand cases of of COVID. And of course, these are
1: new cases, are they not?
0: No, that's since it began, but but they're oh, okay. start but there's the numbers are starting to go cuckoo, go nuts. <laughs> Excuse me. Yeah. And uh, oh, you okay in there? I'm fine. I'm fine. Add a little phlegm. By the way, how do you spell phlegm? Uh, p h. There you go. That's good enough for me. You got the p h. Uh huh. That's... Hey,
1: it's Rolando. Buenos dias. <clears throat> Excuse me.
0: There we go again. My goodness. Uh, Damn, he's got please. a hairball he's got to spit up. I folks. do, I do. Oh, oh!
1: I didn't I look down. I didn't realize he was away from the... No. Uh, God, when he's gone, I just don't know what to say. Now, folks... Okay, I'm back now. Oh, no, too, too late. Just stay there uh-huh. for a minute. <laughs> no, uh, people don't realize in this that they, you know, we go back to the, going back to the Trump rally here and, oh, you know, I'll guarantee you that maybe you might get lucky there at this quote unquote rally. If you've got maybe 10% of the people there that are going to be wearing masks and, of course, the big, you know, uh, oh, I had a conversation on Facebook with somebody here a couple days ago, and they're talking about, oh, the hypocrisy. You can have thousands of people marching together at the protests and whatnot. You forget, Sunshine, I live in the Minneapolis area. I was watching it, you know, nearly firsthand here. I would guarantee the peaceful protesters, and I'm not talking about the idiots that were out Looting and out busting things up and whatnot and setting fires. I'm talking about the peaceful protests that were gathering here. That were gathered. They, I would have to say good, 85 to 90% of them were wearing masks. If not masks, some sort of face covering. Whether it be a shirt, scarf, whatever. They were all keeping their face covered. And, you know, if, if, if you forget that you're wearing a mask, not protect yourself. You're wearing a mask, protect other people from you. I don't know if I'm carrying it. Even if I, I you know, hey, I'm in contact with the public every day. You know, as a rule, anywhere from 12 to 15 people a day I'm in contact with. Now, I've got a big plexiglass shield split, or separating me from these people. But I don't know. I don't know if I if, if I'm carrying it. I don't have any symptoms, but I don't know. So when I wear a mask, I'm protecting you from me. When you're wearing a mask, you're protecting me from you. Now, when you're outside, you can maintain a a, a a reasonable distance. You know, maybe, maybe, maybe not. Maybe you don't need the mask when you're that far away. But you can't ever take it because, listen, I know this firsthand from walking or shopping in a Walmart. You know, you can do your best to stay away from people. You ever know somebody come down an aisle or something like that? Ooh, damn! You know you're a lot more conscious about that. But that's why the mask is there. It's it's I wouldn't say fail safe, but it, it, it just in case you have those chance encounters, it keeps people protected. Now these people that are going to be at this rally in uh, Tulsa t- uh, later on, like I said. For no good reason other than to prove a political point, they're not I'll guarantee you, if if you see ten percent, I don't think I'm a watches rally or anything like that. And I think the networks would be foolish if they're covering it. I think they but I think
0: just... yeah. What were you I, gonna say? Uh well, you gotta remember it's it's their fearless leader. I'm sorry, their fearful leader. Uh yeah. Trump has come right out and said, "I'm not going to wear a mask. I don't look good in it. I don't like the way I look in it." So, you know, where's your example? Look, he he is he is the least presidential president we have ever had. I can't imagine us doing doing worse. I really and truly can't, no. and certainly not while I still have uh, time on on this uh, rock. Well, I mean, we sure haven't. I mean, let's see, you've been
1: alive. Uh, You've been alive since uh, Kennedy. Eisenhower. Eisenhower. Eisenhower, Well, okay, you were still shitting your diapers the night when
0: uh, Eisenhower was president. Actually, the first president I remember is Johnson. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, I I was four years old, almost five, when JFK was shot. I can Uh remember the people around me Uh being upset. I don't remember why I, you know, I had no, you know, I was the same, about the same age as, uh, maybe a couple of years older than John Kennedy, yeah. John, John. And, you know, he really had no clue what was going on. Of course, we all remember the salute and, uh, you know, that broke hearts all over the world. Yeah. Still does. 60 years later, 60 some odd years, about 60, almost 60 years later. And, uh, Oh, by the way, JFK's last surviving sibling passed away. I heard uh, sister, right? I sister, her yes, yes, and uh, she was very active in uh, in worthy causes and all that. And I, I watched a little piece on her yesterday, and, uh, and there were a lot of them Kennedys. Oh boy, were there a lot of them! <laughs> I, you know, I don't care,
1: but. You look back at those presidents, you can go anywhere from Obama down to, I'm going to say Nixon. Nixon was really the first one that I was old enough to comprehend what was.
0: I am not a crook. (laughs)
1: Look, Trump, I'm sorry, Trump makes Nixon look like
0: like an angel. Trump makes everybody look like an angel.
3: I know, right?
0: I mean, let, let's face it. When this is all said and done, uh, again, like I was saying earlier, the Southern District of New York is just waiting for him to walk out of that White House. Do not be surprised when Biden wins, if sometime between uh, November fourth and January nineteenth uh, of that uh, of next year, Trump just disappears one day, gets in the in the Trump jet. And just flies off and and runs runs through a country with no extradition. Do not be surprised by that.
1: I nothing surprises me when it comes to Donald
0: Trump. Yeah, well. Be that as it may, it's uh, exactly. What else? Yeah, but nothing
1: there? at all surprises me, and I, I, I can't say this enough. Whatever you do because listen, we talk with confidence that we that Joe Biden's gonna win this election
0: yeah we said the we same thing about com- Hillary
1: yeah there you go lest we forget
0: on the other he, hand because- though, on the other hand though people that voted for Trump have had four years to see
1: yeah, this is true, but I just I don't want to leave anything to chance
0: I agree but- which is what look good sign people waited eight hours to vote for a primary in chicago the other day that is yeah. encouraging that is very encouraging that means they're going to be out for the general election and i hope so and yes everybody needs to do their part they need to again i've signed up for my absentee ballot i'll walk across the street i don't care doesn't matter to me uh, my I'm going to cast my vote, but uh well I got granny Annie's
1: uh, uh ballot on the way to she's going to do absentee like I told you before uh, you don't have to uh, you don't have to have a reason to vote
0: absentee or right right which and that needs to be across the uh you know straight straight across universal. That's got to be universal. You can't. uh, No reason
1: required, man. No reason required.
0: No. And again, the only reason I'm able to do it is because uh, of COVID. Well, that's a damn good reason. Oh, no, no. It is a good reason. But look, there's a lot of people that, you know, getting to the polls is an issue. Let's go back to, you know, our folks are disabled folks and a lot of them are fine getting there they're good with it and i'm if you want to go go for goodness sake but a lot of people you know it would be easier just to fill it i tell you the ballot i filled out the other day i'm glad i was at home (laughs) i am glad i was at home doing that it was uh and again i would do it i would pre-fill mine out anyway and have a have a list of what i was doing but uh yeah so, exactly.
1: oh so, my goodness! How much time we got left there before we go to the top?
0: Oh, we are we are just gonna, you know what? We're we're gonna start we're, sliding we're out now. Time. <laughs> oh yeah, we're we're just tap dancing here. We got about thirty seconds. Uh, for those of you on the scope, the screen's gonna change. This is our new transition this is for the break we haven't done this before so the timing may be a little off and for those of you listening on soundcloud or listening live you won't notice a thing i promise you you'll love we the hope. Vi- we we hope. Hope. no 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 the the audio is gonna go off like it always does but i've got a time i've got to time the video and that's what i'm doing right now so here we go <music>
1: on the other end. found the taxi stand hour
5: the worst talk radio i've ever heard in my life
1: on radio tfi
2: Hello, this is Robert Iger, President and CEO of the Walt Disney Company. Hello? Hello? Trying to reach the phone. Hold on. Diane, is this you? Diane, is that you? Oh, Diane. Is this Diane Sawyer? No, it's not Diane Sawyer. Why would Diane Sawyer be calling on this number? Oh. Mr. Mouse? Oh, my God. Oh, my God, you're alive. Oh. are, are you okay? I don't know where I am. I haven't seen you since your 80th birthday party. Uh, last thing I remember, I was in a pickup truck with tea bag from prison break. S- sir, do you have any idea where you are? I'm in a warehouse. You're in a warehouse. And I'm chained to a dead hooker. And you're chained to a dead hooker. And there's a puppet sitting in the corner. And there's a puppet sitting in the corner. Uh, Stop repeating everything I say, Eisner. It's Iger, sir. Oh. Sir, why are you chained to a dead hooker? Well, why would I know the answer to that question, Eisner? Iger, sir. (sighs) I think the puppet has already read some sort of message aloud, and there appears to be an iron mask locked around my head. Sir, it sounds like you're in Saw 6. What? You know the movie Saw? No way. Yeah. Is it making another one? I, I, I don't know. Last well, one did pretty good. Huh? Yeah, no, it was pretty good, pretty scary. Oh, well. And listen. Try to get me out of here. Um, I think I've lost my left leg. And uh, I'm laying here, in a, well, I can't really see, but it certainly smells like vomit. Sir, do you have any clue where you are? Well, the hooker's definitely from Honduras. So I would start there. Sir, how do you know the hooker's from Honduras? Because I can feel the big hair cloud down there. Uh, I don't I don't follow <laughs> no. sir. Initiate tracking device. Initiate tracking device? There, there's a tracking device implanted in my left ear. What? Well, put it in there years ago. Okay. Okay. Well, the I'm button not... to initiate, it's under my desk. Get okay. over to my office. Okay. Initiate the tracking device. Okay, we'll, we'll do, I sir. But you're oh, Okay, we'll do, sir. I don't know how long I can last. I mean... Hey, have some party, huh? That was a great party, sir. Thank oh, you man, for Oh, man, I don't know how to play a party. Great party. By the way, do me a favor. Okay. I cancel that dirty sexy money and that pushing daisies, huh? Sir, you're you're chained in a warehouse to a dead hooker. I've lost my leg. And you lost your leg. I've lost my leg. Yeah. I'm leaning against a hair cloud. You mentioned that. Cancel those two shows. Sir, are you sure you're in the right condition to be canceling programs I'm on an man. Even chained to a dead hooker in Honduras missing a leg and bleeding out. I know those shows suck. Okay. Send them. Okay. And lay up and find me where. I gonna... think the mask is tightening. Oh, no. Oh. Um. I'm going to go run to your office and, and initiate the tracking device. I don't. You don't have to tell me what you're going to do. Just do it before I bleed out. Okay. Uh, by, by the way, happy birthday. Oh, thanks. I appreciate the watch. You're welcome. Yeah, bye-bye. Bye. Hi, this is Mike King. You want to talk to the guys at the Taxi Stand Hour? Call us at 754-800-CHAT. That's 754-800-2428. Join the conversation. All right.
1: We're back here hour number two of the Taxi Stand Hour. The world's biggest conundrum here, but we've already discussed that ad nauseum. <laughs> <sighs> but every once in a while, I'm sure that there are listeners out there right now who still wonder, if they do an hour long show during the week, why the hell is this two hours? ha. <laughs> Oh anyways, oh, are, we again, got, from the-
0: are, are we gonna do this? <laughs> Maybe. You'll tell thank pe-
1: me for you'll thank me for this three or four minutes of uh time killing when we get to the end it's of three this. Three or show.
0: four minutes? You killed about eight seconds. Go ahead. Do your thing. Tell, <laughs> tell the people again, who we are from the
1: Northern Command Studio in Egan, Minnesota. I'm John Shannon. And from the executive t- have you moved, by the way? No. Are you on the same you're in the same spot? That's, that's I'm,
0: good. I'm booking a ticket to Minneapolis right now to uh, take care of this once and for all. Oh okay. <laughs> okay
1: then. <laughs> Anyways, from the <laughs> Radio TFI executive tower in Queens, New York, it's Mr. Ed Van Ness for the second time today. Good morning, sir.
0: Good morning, kids and kittens. Despite despite the negative Vibes coming out of the greater Minneapolis-St. Paul metro area. Welcome aboard to the Taxi Stand Hour. Okay, we're going to take a minute and do this again. First off, Mr. Shannon, what would you like to call it?
2: I
1: don't care what we call it, to tell you the truth.
0: Second of all. What did we just finish? We just finished a taxi stand hour, didn't we? Hmm? What are we in right Right now? We're in another taxi stand hour, aren't we?
1: Yeah, same show.
0: Same show. By the way, how long was the show when we began this venture? Oh, so many years ago.
1: Oh, it was the taxi stand hour.
0: That is correct.
1: But somebody enjoyed it so much. So much enjoyed doing this hell we were doing two hour shows uh, Saturday and Sunday Saturday and Sunday for yeah, a while
0: that, yeah that didn't really pan out that's
1: <laughs> how do we manage how do we manage doing an hour long show four days a week I still
0: that's because we don't have to do them we do them because we choose to do them well
1: what is somebody got a gun to our head here now <laughs> Good lord I hope not
0: Uh, So anyway, anyway, so here, here, okay? I will give you, tell you what, we're going to be on the air next week, next Saturday. And then we'll be doing shows straight up through July 2nd. We are going to be off on July 4th to celebrate Independence Day. And we return on July 6th. Young Mr. Shannon. Uh-huh. Our next Saturday show would then be July 11th. 7-Eleven, if you will. Okay. That gives you one, two, three. Three big weeks. Here's the challenge. Okay. Come up with a suitable replacement name for this show.
2: Oh, I... No.
0: Or I, shut the hell up about it forever.
1: There's no such thing as forever with me. <laughs> Oh, by the way. I, oh. And this is something I guess I haven't even discussed with Ed yet. Oh boy. Uh what day no. do, what date is
0: the 29th fall on again? I forget. That's uh Wednesday. of June it, or July? at uh, June. That's a Monday. Oh, well,
1: guess who's gonna be flying solo that day?
0: Mm, something tells me it's gonna be me. Well, hey, there was a good observation. Mm-hmm. It is on uh, Would you rather talk July- about this off the air? No. no okay. why, that?
1: why? It no. takes time. Okay. Um, June 29th, that is the... Uh, we'll commemorate the 7th anniversary of... Uh... <laughs> well, thank, thank you, by the way, there, uh, Rolando. Believe it or not, your night shows helped keep me entertained during the COVID era. They keep us entertained during the COVID era too. There, by the way, <laughs> it's all about you,
0: buddy. It's all about you. Exactly. No. Is,
1: anyways, um,
0: is that your seventh wedding anniversary? Is that what you're trying to stumble nice out? Seventh
1: out of? wedding anniversary. Wow. and Granny Annie and I are going to a nice little restaurant. Uh, Excellent, little restaurant. This place. This is a, they're kind of a chain. We have went to this place. It's called the Capital Grill. Yes. We went to one in uh, Washington uh, when we were out there.
0: We they're not kin- in- by the way, they're not kind of a chain. They are a chain.
1: Yeah. Oh, but they you know what? It doesn't matter. Now, the what the experience in Washington DC was was stellar. I don't think it was quite measured up the uh, in Chicago. That was Chicago was a year ago. I don't think that quite measured up, but it was it is a fabulous dining experience. Fabulous. Oh, and the steak. Oh, my God. A ribeye steak that just melts in your mouth. Oh, man.
0: Well, good. Good for you. You you have. I just checked with the boss. I just checked with Mr. Mouse. Uh, mm-hmm. Just just as we were unlocking him from the Honduran hooker. Uh, he says, fine. You're good to go.
1: I would go whether or not that little rodent said I could or not. So, you know me and you know me and uh, authority.
0: He says. He says, but you got to take Gil Christ with you. hell <laughs> <Yeah>, no! <laughs> he can be your co-host for that week. <laughs> Gil's still lying in the corner, covered with glitter. We don't want to talk about it from disco night. By the way, kids and kittens, for those of you that uh, that uh, only catch us here on the Saturday morning version of the show you missed a doozy the other night we we had disco night mike king joined us it's on the uh it's on the soundcloud you can find it there you can find it uh a link to it on radio com. uh it was a hoot and a holler uh we did not an necessarily hour in that order. not necessarily but there were times there were moments and uh yeah yeah it was it was a good night good night had by all uh, well, I wouldn't say all well, not all because some people just are uh, just look, every party's got a pooper
1: yeah, well, and I was I was proud to do the part oh, you were pooping it, without question you were the pooper uh, well, you, you know here's the thing, and I don't I don't want to dwell on this forever but I'll take a minute or two okay uh, uh you guys, both uh, both you and my, Mike King are a little older than I am. I, Mike's a lot older than uh, you. I was gonna say you've got four you got four years on me.
0: Mike's got How about old eight. Is, uh, Mike Mike 66. Oh, good lord!
1: Yeah. So, you guys during that during that era, the disco era, you guys were. Uh, could both actually get into these places?
0: Oh sure, no, I I yeah. understand, but it doesn't um, mean it. Look, you sat back, and you 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 gave the reins to Mike and I. You just kind of made sure we didn't run the run the car completely off the road. Yeah, you were, I did a horrible job at that. Yeah, but, you did a fine job. You kept us in check. By the way, ladies and gentlemen, kids and kittens, and uh, and and interesting people of all ages. What you really want to do now is go to the thursday night show find it on the scope and look for young mr john shannon shaking his impressive booty on camera
1: well you gave me a song i knew for christ's sake yeah
0: i also gave you a solo shot too
1: (laughs) (laughs) that was that was funny though yeah disco duck that was kind of that was kind of a i don't know maybe i'm wrong here but it was kind of a Parody of disco, if
0: I'm not. Uh, yeah, of course it was. It was Rick a satire, D's. Rick D's. Yeah, Rick D's. Though, so.
1: but it had a good, good, catchy little tune.
0: Yeah, for about a minute.
1: <laughs> uh. And you know, the sad part about it is, is the first song you guys did, get dancing.
0: Mm-hmm. You know, John knew that. I keep,
1: I keep forgetting his name.
0: Disco Tex.
1: Disco Techs and the olets.
0: Yeah, remember, that's the play on words there. It's disco hyphen T-E-X, Disco Tech. Oh, yeah, okay. By the way, it, I, I, whenever I hear the word, I think about there's an episode of Batman, and they're at, uh, they're at Dick Grayson's high school. The Joker's got some vending machine scam going, whatever it is, but they keep talking about who they're playing in basketball that night, an uh, opposing school called Disco Tech. T E C H. <laughs> God, I didn't get it when I was a kid. I get it now, though. All right, what do you say we move on to the? Uh, you know what we didn't do at the top of the show in the first hour, in the first taxi stand hour this morning, I failed to give the stock report. So let's do that now. The uh, Uber. Oh, we still
1: cover. We still cover Uber and Lyft. Oh, I, I
0: I got goodies here. I got goodies. Okay. Uh, Stocks, stocks stocks. Uber closed the week at thirty-two dollars and thirty cents, up six cents. So, you know, polish off those oh, Bugattis. <laughs> polish off those Bugattis, girls and girls and guys. And Lyft closed at thirty-four eighty-two, down two dollars and seven cents, which coincidentally is my birthday, two seven. Um, by the way, as of Monday, this comes uh, through the Twitter, through the interweb. Uh, from an, a, a publication called yucatan expat life uh, i imagine it's americans living in mexico and this was provided on the twitter on the interweb by our good friend the soul cab follow him if you're interested in these kind of things at the soul cab uh drivers are organizing a sick out on monday in uh, in the yucatan peninsula the demonstration will affect cities across Mexico, but especially in Merida, I believe is the name of the town. Uh, They're upset that the parent company, Uber, takes most of their revenue coming in when drivers provide the labor gas insurance and the car itself. Some drivers are afraid of participating in the protests, imagining that Uber could retaliate and banish them from the platform. Uh, they're also frustrated that coronavirus quarantines have reduced their income by 70%, so they are hustling just to pay commissions and costs. With the message, "Lune see si Uber, Un- Unase, or Monday without Uber, Unite, organized urged the company to pay what is fair. Uh, the platform used to charge a 10% commission, but later changed to dynamic rates that shoot up to 30 to 48%. So what we have here is something no one's tried before, and that is to strike against Uber. Okay, kids and kittens, no matter what language you're speaking in, you can't strike your non-employee. You can have a work stoppage. Great. You'll have about 10 people who will participate in it. Why? Because the rest of them will take the opportunity to try to take make whatever little money is out there. You will not get 100% participation. You will not get 98% participation. You will have a small... You might
1: get 9%.
0: No, no, you might get nine drivers. Now oh, there you go. You are not getting 9%. We have watched these over the years. It's, it's just not going to happen. Because, guys, especially now with coronavirus... And people have not been able to work at all. Nobody's moving. They just said their income is down 70%. If you know that there's going to be fewer cars on the road, you're going to get out there and work. How do I know that? Because I've done it. Well, uh, it's the
1: same thing with the taxi industry.
0: Yeah, exactly. We we had guys that would, the airport drivers for the most part, they get, get little things up, you know, upset. They got upset over everything. So they would pull these, uh, these work stoppages they called them strikes great great that meant dispatch systems were going crazy with cars because that meant the airports had no coverage so you could just pull into the airport pick up and go every available car was being sucked into the airport we loved it keep going i'll help you draw the signs i'm not i'm gonna keep working but you know the heck with you Um. so yeah so that's not going to work either and uh i wish them well i wish them well and i don't know what the economy is like or what the uh jobs are like there in that part of north america i wish them well but please uber is not your future it is barely your past uh uh that that's right Orlando. (laughs) everybody but john enjoyed disco right that's right but anyway believe it or not believe it or not I've got actually two transportation related pieces of audio that we're gonna play here one is from Jim Kramer easy John easy hey look it's not me the news is just not out there there's just no fresh (laughs) there's no fresh content to pick up on uh This, you know, look, unfortunately with Uber and Lyft and the taxi business, we don't have somebody out there like like Captain Coppertone giving us fresh content every 20 minutes that we can pick and choose from. So enjoy it while we have it. Here's Jim Cramer from uh, Mad Money on CNBC. He's being interviewed by somebody else.
5: Lyft says it will be 100 percent electric by 2030. When will we see this kind of announcement from Uber?
2: With with Tesla's a Lyft? 100%. 100. Right. Uh, I don't know. Uber seems to be caught in its own time warp, doing its own thing. I don't really get Uber. I mean, Uber should have bought. Um, it it should have bought Grubhub. I. Uh, Uber, they're talking about getting out of freight. Freight was supposed to be a huge, huge win for them. I, I don't know if they know where they're going. I really don't. I I think um, Lyft does.
0: Uh, Jim Kramer was right on the money there till the very last statement. Lyft does not know where they're going. First off, let's talk about electric cars. So Lyft is saying our fleet's going to be 100% electric by 2030. Let's dig, dig into that a little bit, shall we? That means we're going to insist that all drivers on our platform, by the way, that's even if they're around in 2030. Fingers crossed. So now you're going to tell all your drivers you must have an electric or alternate powered vehicle to be on the platform, which is just more money for the drivers. Lyft is not going to own these vehicles. Uh, just remember that, kids and kittens. Uber, Lyft, whoever else—they were until they be- these things become autonomous, which nobody within the sound of my voice right now, unless you're digging us up out of a time capsule in a hundred years, is ever going to see fully autonomous cars on the road where it's 100 percent. you're not going to see it you're certainly not going to see johnny cab out there absolutely not not while we're walking this this rock there's no question about it uh and kramer kramer is not wrong the freight business was going to help take uber along and because they're going to have the autonomous trucks are out there this is actually not a bad idea because as I've said before, when you get into these autonomous vehicles, initially you're going to need designated lanes, segregated lanes, for these vehicles to operate in. Because mixing them in with with self with, uh, normal cars and people who have gripes, because you're going to put truck drivers out of work, you're going to put cab you've, you know, people are going to go after these vehicles. That being said. Oh, big time. That being said. It's a great idea and it really, really is because you can have these trucks running longer hours. You will still have to have the manned, have somebody in there, but these drivers will be able to get more rest, et cetera, et cetera. Once, and freight, baby freight, and truck drivers move this country. We lose truck drivers, nobody's eaten. Nobody's eaten because it's even become cheaper to move things fully by by truck instead of putting it on a, on a train in New York and letting it ride out to California. Uh, for the most part, a lot it, it still costs less to do it that way. And of course, a train's not going to get into every nook and cranny in this country. Nor is, at least for the moment, an autonomous vehicle, you know, a self-driving truck. You're gonna need somebody to get it down those alleys and back it into those into those uh what's the word? Uh, loading docks. Tapping out.
1: Oh. I, I I still don't see it. I first off you're gonna to have to with the electric cars, you know, you're not going to hire drivers to drive those electric cars. No and at this point in time electric cars are still not all that cheap unless you're driving around a little uh, sardine can
0: or you bought the electric bike that i just
1: bought or you bought the electric bike yeah there we go we can all have electric rickshaws and even out of shape fat asses like me can ride them around there there, there you go. go there you go now you're talking. Um, but no you're not going to have 2030 now maybe 2040 Everything is going to be electric. You are not going to have 100% of a fleet until you have at least 75% of uh, everyday society with these electric cars. So, you know, it really surprises me, these people that know all everything you need to know about money. So, Jack Squat about the transportation business especially taxis oh yeah right you know tncs whatever they don't know crap about that business
0: oh my goodness no no it's it's heartbreaking and it has been over these past i guess seven eight years to watch people just generalize the transportation business and i'm not saying it's all wrong but it, it is Shocking to, to have watched some of these reports over the year and realized the most basic questions were not asked because clearly the person doing the reporting has no clue how how the industry works.
1: Half of them probably still think that all the uh, drivers are on the you know, Uber or Lyft payroll. Oh, oh,
0: you're talking about Uber and Lyft. I was talking about taxi cabs in general, but oh, yes. Yeah. Yes, you know, and... Uh, or even
1: taxis they, they, a lot of people still think that taxis taxi drivers are employed by the company
0: <laughs> and uh, unless you were in Vegas up till recently as I just found out uh, that was true that's not true in Vegas anymore no. or at least for some companies but yeah uh, yeah. again and partly what happened too was uh, reporters would listen to what Uber had to say and just uh, eat it like you know they they, they just run with it they just sucked it up and uh you know that was that that was that so uh uh yeah it's what what's what the misinformation out there is shocking and again it's not like the taxi industry has been perfect good gravy good gravy we talked about this the other uh the other night uh when when the wonderful rod johnson called in we uh Taxi companies sat, sat on their collective fat asses. You know, they refused to change. They've been playing catch-up now for a long time. They didn't have to, but they are. Because they were quite content with with what they had. And again, I'm not patting myself on the back, but before Uber showed up, and certainly after they showed up, I, I kept talking to the company to try to... I, my big thing was... You need to start looking at the drivers as not just a necessary evil, okay? You could paint the big, biggest, happiest face on that you like, but you've got to give the drivers something. You've got to make them feel a part of this. You've got to give them a fair shake. The days of, oh, well, we screwed up another call for you, too bad. You know, knowing full well that that's money out of their pocket. Those days were long since over. Uh, my opinion always was: look, you'd be straight up with the drivers, set up a system, so that, uh, you know, look, the old days, the days of leasing a car by the week, are gone. Because you're saying to the driver, look, you're going to pay us up front, and we're not guaranteeing anything. We don't, you don't know that you you're even going to make that money. I proposed a daily or an hourly rate. Make every every cab driver an owner, or working for an owner, and charge the car in blocks of say eight hours. The more time you you buy, the cheaper it is. I'm gonna go out for twelve hours. Okay, for let's say twenty dollars, you the, you'll pay the company. But if I take twenty four hours, a twenty four hour block, it'll only be. Uh, $35 so now now a driver could decide is it worth going out oh it's I hear it's busy so I'll pay to go out but other than that other than insurance which would have to be you know taken care of that that's a separate matter but now if you own a cab or you've leased a cab and you're sitting out that you're sitting there and you're trying to take a day off and it's sitting out in the driveway. And you keep thinking to yourself, what happens if it breaks down tomorrow? That's two days this week I lost, or possibly more. I've been through that. I've gone through that. And you go, okay. We had guys, we normally operated on a split shift. We had a day driver and a night driver for the weekly cars. And new drivers would come in, and they'd want what we refer to as a single shift car. They're the only driver on the car. They pay more, but they have complete access, full access, loan access to the car. I'm sorry. And I would always try to, even drivers with a little bit of experience, I would say, look, you need to understand. Okay, you're married to this car. You've already paid for this car for the week. I don't care what you do with it work don't work as long as you don't break the law or or destroy the car i don't care but you're going to sit there and this is going to happen you're going to find yourself wondering should i work i want to take tuesday off but what happens if the car breaks down on thursday and now if you can give drivers a uh what's the word i'm looking for A, 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 a different pay schedule if you will Yes, I want to tap into the dispatch system, and I'm willing to pay for it, but I don't want to pay for time I'm not using. I think that's where I was—that's yeah, where I was going with that. Well, yeah. At the time, I don't want to pay for. Look, I—I'm off the road twelve hours a day. I'm paying for twelve hours a day, for nothing. I get nothing out of it. Tapping out. Well,
1: oh, okay. I just wanted to be sure here. <laughs> companies now as I understand it and maybe I'll have to talk to Rod again and see uh, I think that in Vegas they're actually letting people lease cars out there in certain blocks now I don't know if they're paying a lease or if they're paying a percentage for the time that they have uh, because when it was strictly uh, when it was strictly a, a regular job uh, they were they were basing their pay on a percentage of their booking right so but you know here then there's a double edged sword too you know you're thankful you know during 9 11 i was thanking my
0: stars sure that uh well I'm you can't have it right but you can't have it both ways both okay ways, right you've got to decide look this helps me when it's slow but it hurts me a little when it's busy You've got to look in the middle. You've got to, if you're in this business, and again, the business has passed me by. It's it's long, but you always had to look at it as I'm in this for the long haul. You always had to view it as a marathon. Yes, you're going to have your up days and your up weeks, and you're going to have your down days and your down weeks. There are shifts. You go out there, you you you're, it's stupid how much money you would make because you could, no matter what you did, it was the right thing. The taxi gods, I viewed it people would say, oh, the taxi gods smiled on you. And I would say, no, they were napping. Somehow they didn't catch on. I was having a good a good shift. Yeah,
3: exactly.
0: (laughs) But and then you had the bad days where no matter what you did, no matter what you did, you couldn't you couldn't get out of your own way. I learned early on. You have to you know, I'd go about two, three hours of one of those days and that would nope. Nope, nope. That's it. We're done. You know, sometimes you just gotta lick your wounds and go crawl off. Tomorrow's another day because I went through too many of those nights where it started out bad and it just got worse. And it's not just the amount of business, it's the people you're running into. You know, I, I was confident that uh every night the taxi gods designated somebody to be the idiot magnet. I seem to catch that designation quite often, but, you know, I had the troublemakers. I had the people who were just, you know, oh, no, we're waiting for you to to hatch our, our, our evil plots. And, you know, there would come a time, okay, I'm done. I'm just done for the night. It's not worth it for me. And, again, there were nights that it was stupid. It was stupid how well I did. Picking up people in places where we never found customers. Drop off and there's somebody. (laughs)
1: You know, Ed, I got to tell you, you talk about having those days where you have a couple, three hours of it and it just looks like it's going to be one of those days. I can't remember a time where I cut a shift short because I was having a bad day. In all these years, I, I don't remember ever doing that mm. now well, go ahead. in recent history, when I was, you know, when the days when you could look at your phone and, you know, after a while, you know, on those days when it was going bad, I wasn't, I still stayed out because you never know when lightning can strike. That's true. But, and that's what I tell drivers that, uh, That's what I tell drivers now that I'm taking out in training. And now it looks like all of a sudden that business is starting to pick up for me. I've had two in a row and I'm taking one out on uh, Monday too as well. And they asked me if I want some more uh, later in the week.
0: Well, that's good. That means new drivers are signing on.
1: Yeah. And I can mold them in the way it should be done too. (laughs) I don't mean to pat myself on the back. Speaking but speaking,
0: there, speaking, of evil plots. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
1: no, but what I tell these days, the what I tell these guys is, is that you're going to have days when you're going to, you know, you start out your day and all you get are these little crapola runs and everybody's got a, got a walker that's twice as big as the, you know, twice as big as the person that, uh, the, uh, using it, you got to lift that 50 pounds into the damn car. And you got somebody that, even though you got a shield there, that's being braced and bolted to the, uh, to the two front seats. Why can't you move that? Why can't you move that seat up so I can have more leg room? Why do you think? And you just get those, you just keep going with those kinds of rides and all of a sudden, you're sitting there in a least likely spot, and all of a sudden, boom, you got a ride going to Rochester. And,
0: um, oh, I I, back look, up. I I understand, you know, and, and there are a lot of guys worked on that same thing. You know, look, I got to stick it out because I don't know what will happen. I experienced that. My thing was I work nights, okay? So I would come out 4 or 5 o'clock in the afternoon, and by 8 o'clock, it wasn't really cooking. And I don't mean just a slow night. I mean where things are just, uh, like I said, everything that can go wrong is going wrong. I got. I looked at it this way. It's 8 o'clock. Things are going to quiet down in a couple hours anyway. Uh, do I really want to bang around? You, know, you Sometimes you just felt it. And I know my night was going to be over by the latest 1, 2 o'clock in the morning anyway. And sometimes it was just I, I'm just not up to it. I just I learned for myself anyway, not to put I, I would have to take myself out of that situation where, you know, people are being jerks all night long. And again, I was the magnet that night. I was the idiot camp, or whatever it could be, when whatever you want to call it. And and you know I would have to take myself out of it. Oh, by the way, my favorite my favorite little thing from the uh, from the little old ladies was this when I especially when I started working more in the late afternoon and I see more of this stuff you'd load the groceries and and all that in the back you get the address you start going and I'd hear this you must be new oh I must be why must I be new well I've never seen you before I said well you must be new too I've never seen you well, I've been using your company for twenty years and I've been driving for them for over thirty. We just never happen to run into each other. It's a twisted it was a twisted logic that I just always love to exploit oh, yeah. a little bit. And I, I mean I I'd, I'd have fun with it, but but uh, I always like that. Well well I don't know you, so you you must not know what you're doing. Okay. Yeah, whatever. Isn't <laughs> it funny how people can get real
1: indignant about it too? Yeah. <laughs> yeah
0: well, I didn't mean I, I you didn't you've never People seen could, me before though. yeah you've never so seen yeah, me just before. because
1: just because you haven't seen me doesn't mean that I ain't been out here for a while
0: I'll tell a quick story so oh. I pick I pick up this woman one afternoon and was she heavy? Moving on. moving on what have I told you about letting me do the jokes okay so so I pick her up in a little shopping center on the south end of Fort Lauderdale uh oh, what where are you headed to ma'am oh i'll just she gave me directions out of the parking lot which which was a personal burr up my butt i can figure out how to get out of the parking lot if you don't mind i'm thinking to myself i said well if you just give me the address i can no 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 you'll you'll you won't be able to find it i said okay so now i made a i made a decision i just and i said to her look I know I'm throwing away my tip here, but that's okay. I'm willing to do it. And let me, I, I'm going to ask a question. Please, please answer it honestly, and I won't be offended. Uh, and she had given me the address at this point. I said, When you got in this car, did you just presume right off the bat that I didn't have a clue as to what I was doing? She said, Well, to be honest, yes. I said, And that's fair. That's fair. I said, You don't know when you're getting in this car who i am or what my experience is but on the other hand you're not even giving me the opportunity i so then i proceeded to tell her not only where her house was and how i was going to go you know which was the most direct route i said by the way is that the one with the green chevy out front it's like a like a bluish house and she freaked she says how Ooh, do you, stalker alert she says how do you know that I said that, that house has just always caught my eye anytime I've gone by it that's all I've, I've got hundreds of them in my head you know the certain landmarks certain things there' you know oh my god I didn't realize I, I said eh, some of us actually I said I don't fault you for thinking look there's a lot of drivers out there don't know how to get places don't care they just want to be directed I just, you know, look, and I always accepted that. I said, "But just give me a chance." You, you, she said, "You know what? You're right. I I judged you before I before I even spoke to you. I'm not looking for an apology. I'll take it, but I'm not looking for one." <laughs> hey, hey, look, we. Uh, I actually got some some vid- audio from a video. Hold on,
1: before you before you roll that, okay. I just wanted I just wanted to tell you. I kind of. I had my own rule when it come to that. Now, I have a lot more fixed rate uh, uh rides here than you probably dealt with. So, by my, my rule was if somebody was going they were paying their own freight. I was running the meter, they're paying their own freight. I would you I don't care which way you tell. I'll go whatever way you want to go. 9 times out of 10, it was it added a couple extra uh added a couple extra pennies to the fare. Right. And what am I looking at here?
0: Don't worry about it.
1: Oh, okay. Well, whatever. And uh but if somebody else was paying the fare it was a fixed rate, I'm going the way I want. You can go back there and pontificate about the, the way I'm going. Right. But that, that rate isn't going to change regardless of right. which way I go. Right. So I'm going that way. If you don't like it, take it up with somebody else.
0: Right. So yeah. That we, was my rule. Yeah, we did a lot of charge rides at of hospitals and all that. And uh you know, I, I only one time ever had uh I mean some people would be, you know, it's Oh, I'm going to the town of Davy. Do you I said, Oh yeah, I, I tell you what, let me get out there. Uh I said, Give me give me the main intersection and once we get there you can guide me into the neighborhood. You know. I know my way around out there, but not not as well as, and that'd be fine. I had one gentleman one night. I picked up at uh, Broward General Hospital, which is the county hospital, which is where I spent a good deal of time. But this this older man got in, and he was going over to, uh, not far, but as soon as he got in the car. And mind you, the hospital's paying for it because he can't afford a ride home he starts yacking and yacking. Your goddamn air conditioner is too cold. All right, you don't have to be so rude about it, but I'll make an adjustment. Which way are you going? And he just, this, this went on for the first couple of minutes. And I pulled over and I stopped. I said, look, A, you're not paying for the ride. B, you keep running your mouth. I'm going to take you right back to the ER where I found you. And and they can deal with you, because I'm not putting up with this nonsense. You want to get home? I'll take you home. You want to sit back there and ramble on and and he was the man had to be in his seventies. Whatever his problems were, I don't know. Although I will say this, he did finally quiet down, and I got him home. And uh, but yeah, I didn't like the idea that look, you're not paying for the ride if you have a preference or. You you know the way fine say, you know you say something. Look, are you going to take Sunrise Boulevard? Yeah, I'm going to do this, that, and the other thing. Okay, fine, you know, and away we go. But uh, I I never really. Oh oh, okay, uh, John. What do you say we order up some uh, Gouda cheese here, because yeah. because we're getting comments on on the scope. That we need uh,
1: cheese. He uh, needs some cheese with that wine. And Merlin, I've been telling Ed he needs cheese with his wine for wow over three years
0: now. All man. right, ladies and gentlemen, listening to the audio portion only, uh, we just got a comment on on the uh, Periscope comments. It says that we you guys need some cheese with that wine. Well, I'm sorry. I was gonna go to audio clips, but no, I got stopped, and we had to start telling stories now, didn't we, John? Of course. Okay. <laughs> and uh, for those of you typing comments out there, bite me. <laughs> uh, so, see this? So, now I'm getting now I'm getting sidetracked here. Okay. So, Sadiq Khan, do you know who that is, John?
1: Uh, Mayor of London.
0: That is the guy. That is the guy. Well, there's an audio, there's a video clip out there. Of him in the backseat of a black cab and he's talking with the driver and i'm going to play the clip and then we're going to talk about it on the other end and and now i see why the london black cab trade hates this guy like poison
5: so for example just think about what you know you've got to go through as a black cab driver before you can drive a black cab you know the vehicles are so expensive they're all disabled friendly uh, the criminal checks, the knowledge you've got to do. Rather than levelling down your high standards, let's, let's level up the private hire vehicle standards. So, for example, uh, basic knowledge. Speaking English, doing the security checks. How does that uh,
3: work? Do they have English tests or something? Yeah,
5: we'll need to. We'll need, we'll need to bring up their English standards. English tests for cab drivers? Basic English should be a requirement if you're a public servant. And you if they be don't get that, they, that wouldn't be able they, to, they, they wouldn't
1: they, be able to operate as a cab in driver?
5: In my view, if you're in any public-facing job, you should be able to speak basic English.
0: Now, first off, as we all know, the London cab drivers, the black cabs, are the gold standard of the taxi industry worldwide. No question about it.
1: Followed closely by Beck Taxi in Toronto, Canada. Yeah,
0: yes, yes. Be that as it may. Even Beck doesn't do the training that a, a, a London cabbie goes through. Right. The knowledge. Anyway, I know where you're going with that. So, So here's the mayor who's been also instrumental in allowing Uber to slide in there. And every time they, they rescind their license, they're still operating. Blah, blah, blah. Now he's talking to this this driver who's gone through all this, who's gone through all that, uh, everything he's had to do. Well, maybe we could do this. Well, maybe you could have done that five or six years ago, Sadiq. What do you think, Mr. Mayor? Now that they've infiltrated their way in and they basically laugh at you, Uber laughs at at laws and rules and and you sit there and you just keep heaping more and more restrictions on, on on the drivers who have actually gone through the training and actually spend by the more expensive cars with, that are disabled friendly etc everything you just mentioned there oh i think we're going to make them take a test for english profic- proficiency guess what if they go through the knowledge by the end of that three or four years they're going to be proficient in english you don't need to train them if they want it. Right now, you set up a system where anybody, literally anybody with a pulse, and in certain days that's optional, can get behind the wheel of an Uber car with no insurance. No, it, it doesn't even have to be them. I mean, come on. I, I look, I, I credit that London cab driver, the the driver in that clip, for actually engaging him in that conversation. Very pleasant about it and and very he was very genuine about it but the mayor no you're i i agree with all all the all the london black cab drivers out there he's a piece of crap he's a piece of crap he could have he could have put his foot down on this years ago and required this people were begging for this cab drivers have to go through the knowledge why can't uber at least give them some Sadiq Khan you're another one who'll be out of there. I don't know when his term is up, but
1: he's not uh. very popular with the general population uh, anyways. Unfortunately, a lot of t- a lot of it is for the wrong reasons, so well,
0: there's that too. Yeah. Look
1: at how many Jeez. people. Am I boring you?
0: Well, not to mention it. <laughs>
1: oh, no, there's but there's a lot of people <coughs> that don't like Sadiq Khan. Simply because he's a Muslim, right?
0: Well, that's like that. Kind of
1: like our Trump supporters uh, here who uh, didn't like Bar- Barack Obama for any other reason than he was black and he had right. a Muslim-sounding name.
0: Yeah, and and again, his middle name is Hussein. He was given oh, yeah. that. He was given that middle name decades before Saddam Hussein became a thing. Before. before
1: we even knew what nationality Hussein was right. what type of a name that was even
0: right and guess what he still got elected twice yeah, so. and that's so a- so suck it up they're still mad about it. see the problem is they they're mad that they keep losing uh, they had Obama they lost that twice they lost uh, the Nazis lost and uh, and the Confederacy lost hey you can't keep flying the loser flags by the way bethel ohio uh when you kids and kittens get a get a couple of seconds on your twitter machine look up bethel ohio and if you want to see what a disgrace some people are in this country small town in ohio they were having a black lives matter uh demonstration there's what all these idiot bikers and all that uh Show up. There's one guy walking around openly, openly carrying a rifle. People are getting beat up just for exp- Bethel, Ohio. That's that's all I'll say. Maybe we'll talk a little bit more about it last next week. But then again, I'm sure next week we'll be talking about the uh, the uh, the riot that breaks out tonight in Tulsa. I don't see this not. This is not going to go well tonight.
1: No, no, absolutely not.
0: He's going to throw them red meat and uh you know he's gonna get them all fired up uh how many
1: confederate flags do you think you'll see in that rally oh oh how many people will be there
0: yeah (laughs) how many people just
1: to just to prove a point just to you know they're going to the trump made trump made a statement uh Earlier in the, or earlier in the week, where he thinks that uh, some Americans are wearing masks to show they disapprove of him.
0: Right. That's that's words, why I'm doing it.
1: Yeah. Hey, whatever works if it keeps you safe. But what does that tell it keeps you, John? Somebody else safe.
0: It tells you once again: it's all about him. It's me, me, oh, me. Of course. Everything is about him. Look. You got nineteen thousand people are going to show up tomorrow. On Monday, some poor folks in Texas or where wherever these people fly back to or drive drive the camper back to are going to get catch the COVID. Why? Because Bobby Joe had to go rant and rave at the Trump rally. Hang out.
1: Is that, uh, is that uh, today or tomorrow tonight rally tonight tonight Okay
0: wanted to be sure yeah yeah so so a lot of people nineteen thousand people plus whatever is going to be outside that's a lot of covid spreading and yes i understand a lot of the demonstrators we talked about john talked about it earlier yes 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 look people going out and demonstrating uh, they don't want to wear a mask that's unfortunate it doesn't mean you shouldn't wear one i mean People run around in groups and are uh, setting things on fire. Does that mean you have to do it? No. No. Oh, I can't go get a haircut. But they can run around and protest. Two different things there. But you know what? You want to do it? Do it. To heck with it. To heck with it. Right? Maybe we should all just drive off a cliff and be done with it. It pains me to listen to some of these people. It really pains me to know that... uh, a good decent education was wasted on them uh indeed indeed it is Orlando. it is going to be a disaster in tulsa and again uh you've got these states texas arizona and florida are they just keep the numbers are going up and up and up and up and up this all goes back to memorial day wait till yeah fourth of july fourth of july we'll see the numbers start rocketing up in Oklahoma and wherever these other places are, oh, there's something. speaking of COVID, I didn't think to mention this, but uh, check your iPhones, kids and kittens. I, I know it was on there. Check in uh, settings and privacy.
1: Now this is uh, just on iPhones. I
0: I just heard at my it. Yeah, and it's and it's under health. If you go, oh, now I got to find it before we uh but there's something in there here we go privacy health it has a uh, COVID-19 exposure logging uh it it the default is off but what's interesting is that a lot of phones went uh mine included now I know why they must have downloaded this the other day to everybody's phones because there were a lot of a lot of outed people couldn't get a hold of me, and uh, yeah, I can I can I was told by a couple of people, Mike King, I couldn't get a hold of this one. They couldn't, and I bet you the common theme is the iPhone. And
1: so. okay, does that but now they've basically uploaded this onto your phone without you knowing. Does that bother you?
0: Well, no, because the default is off. Uh huh. It's not on. It's up to me to turn it on. Uh, It says, this uh, enables an app to notify you if you may have been exposed to COVID-19. Exposure logging cannot access any data in or add any data to the health app. Me, personally, I don't care. I'm going to, well, apparently there's an app that you have to download. Oh, you have to download an app
1: besides that? Apparently. Apparently. So So this is iPhone specific. Apparently. Apparently. I am just—I looked around for the same thing on my phone. Didn't see anything.
0: Well, I'm not opposed to... I don't
1: mind. I would like to know. Knowledge is power, baby. Right.
0: And the fact that it came turned off. Not like a lot of things where you have to opt out. I get people have privacy issues. I get that. I'm not going to fault anybody for that. Me, uh, once we're done here today, I will look into that a little bit more. I just discovered it uh, thanks to Mike in New York City Taxi Talk. That's the only reason I know about it. Uh, You listened to it? That was last night, wasn't that his show? Every Friday night, 2 a.m. on WPIV 90... Oh, I forget the... 93.5? 97.5? We'll find out. But... uh, WPIV.com. Radio.com. Two a.m. Uh-huh. to four a.m. I was going to try to listen, but I fell asleep. Yeah, uh, that's a,
1: that's that's a nice idea, and I'm glad he's actually got so you know got "quote
0: unquote" regular radio to do it on. But it's a drive from here in New York in Queens. He's not close. Yeah. No, it's yeah. a he's got a he's he's got to drive up into the mountains to that station. Mike, you're we've got all the free ti- free airtime in the world for you right here on uh, exactly. Radio TFI. We're more than happy to uh let you do your thing. Uh there's there's no conditions attached to it of course other than the obligatory foot massage. But other than yeah. that, other than that we're uh, we're golden. We're golden. So anyway, John, that's uh mm-hmm. That's about going to do it for us.
1: Well, I mean, this is over till the fat lady sings here. She's. Get ready. She's clearing her throat. She's she's, she's, she's gargling and she's ready to go. <laughs> I, I totally, totally get that. And there she goes. <laughs> All right, folks. Well, that music, uh, of course, means that it's time for us to say bye-bye. From the Northern Command studio oh, in Egan, baby, Minnesota, I'm John stop. Shannon. You and I got
0: See ya!